1: Good morning everyone. We are continuing. Thank you. It's it's like darkness here, so I know there's people in the room supporting me. I'm thankful for that. Um, we are continuing this series, which is healing hope, and um, the theme for this morning is Joseph, the father of Jesus. So we're actually going to be um, unpacking the Christmas story and um, a reveal. You know, we're going to actually reveal that Jesus actually came to Earth to heal hope. How good is that? And we're going to be looking through the eyes of Joseph as we navigate this story, um, but to fully appreciate the Christmas story, we need to go back and we actually need to understand the history of the Jewish people. So the Jewish people believe that God actually made a special covenant. Sam talked about covenant this morning with Abraham. It was about uh, 2,000 years um, before Jesus kind of came on the scene and that um, his descendants were actually a chosen people and that he would um, be part of a great nation. God would create a great nation through abraham's offspring and um god would actually and this is a really uh important part of that covenant that god made with abraham which is god would bless all nations through abraham and that's in genesis 20 verse 18 and 18 18 so part of the question starts to become though um when would this blessing come when would this be fully f- fulfilled and history revealed after you know, um, that covenant through, you know, several different um, stories through history that there's actually been wars, um, that nations have fought and conquered other nations and, you know, plundered other nations. And so, you know, but God promised Abraham that through his offspring that all nations would be blessed. And it was probably a foreign thing back then because nations didn't really seek to bless one another. They they sought to kind of like secure their livelihood and just plunder and conquer, right? So anyway, throughout these trying times, God would always kind of like restore his people time and time again. And also through prophets, uh, who are people who kind of like hear and speak the word of the Lord, God would reveal more details about how he would fill the abraham covenant which is to bless all nations and so one example of that is you know about a thousand years after abraham god actually called moses to lead the israelites out of egypt after they'd been enslaved for so much time so god was you know um, absolutely trying to restore this and not only that um you know, an example of kind of like prophecy and what a prophet spoke was one in Isaiah nine six, and that prophet said, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God everlasting father and prince of peace so there was these prophets who were sharing life and saying hey this blessing to all nations is going to come right and so you know scholars believe that the last prophet was Malachi and that he it was approximately 420 years before Jesus came on the scene and um, that you know that was the last book of in the Bible you've got like an Old Testament the first half kind of thing and a New Testament and so there was actually roughly 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament, but obviously life was going on and things were happening. And, um, you know, the actual kind of like things which happened during that 400-year period of time actually did shape the world into which Jesus was born in and obviously shaped the world into which Joseph lived. And so some of the things which would um, kind of like describe the world just before Jesus were born was this. Rome is in command of Israel, a person called Herod the Great rules with tyranny and cruelty. He did things like put people to death if they threatened his power. Under Rome, there was very little value for human life because they basically saw you know, that they were in control and so they were the people who would like, treat the people of the regions where they'd conquered like slaves. Um, and the rich and powerful leveraged their riches and power over those who were not or who were poor. Also, some other things that signified the world which Joseph lived in was that sickness and disease was seen to be a consequence of sin. Forgiveness was actually quite uncommon. There were, pe- there were sayings like an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And also, reconnection with God is rule-based, okay? So if you, um, you know, did something wrong, to make up your relationship with God, you had to do things like sacrifice an animal's blood and there were all sorts of loops and hoops to jump through, Okay, so this was the world which, um, you know, this was the world which Jesus was born into. And laws and rules had replaced love over some time. So we jump in to Matthew, which um, Peter was talking about. And um, at the start of Matthew, verses 1 to 17, it actually starts off by listing the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. And this is actually important because this genealogy actually connects Jesus as the Messiah, as the savior who came for the world so there were 14 generations from abraham to david 14 from david to the exile of babylon and from 14 generations from the exile of um Of Babylon to Jesus so um, this is actually like so important because this actually connects Jesus as Savior but not only that it also connects him as the one who fulfills the uh, prophecy that Abraham had that he was going to be a blessing of all nations kind of prophetic word right so 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 that's how like Matthew starts off letting us know about this and so in Matthew 118 we start to see Joseph and he was actually pledged to marry mary now um a first century jewish wedding is got some similarities to how we do weddings today but maybe for some of you it might be different so i'll just run through a few things um there are actually three distinct parts to a jewish wedding one of them is called the shidukini can everyone say shidukini that's a period of like mutual commitment and actually back in those days the father of the groom would actually select a bride for his son and um both there was a ceremony where both the um you know the to be bride and groom would immerse themselves in water and both would agree to marry there were some negotiations on the gifts and payments and things like that the second is the urusin can everyone say erusin? That's right, this is the engagement period. This typically went through for about one year, okay? And a groom would give the bride money or available objects such as like a ring, which we see today, and a cup of wine was customarily shared to seal their covenant vows. And both parties were getting ready. They were preparing. The bride would have to be ready. The, brood, the, the groom could kind of like come at any time. And in the Jewish tradition, um, the bride had to kind of like be ready because he would come and take her and then the, the marriage process would start. The last one is the Nisuin. Can everyone say Nisuin? That's right. And this is the actual marriage ceremony. And the priest, would there be a blessing? Um, and that is where, you know, the husband would actually take the bride. And that word actually means to lift up. And so I think that's probably part of what we see when, you know, in a romantic way, a husband today kind of carries his bride. And... Um, and then they would have the rights to live together, a husband and wife, and have all those things. Before that, they weren't living together, only in that neuisi part. So in Matthew one eighteen b um, so, you know, um, Joseph was kind of like committed to marry um, Mary and he was in that um, second phase, which is the erusin phase, I guess, the engagement part. And um, But before they came to, together, before they actually had the marriage day, so to speak, um, you know, she was found, it's like, whoa, surprise, to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. So could you imagine Joseph? He's like, I mean, that, this is really where the story probably takes a massive turn from the normal script of a wedding as you can imagine and so Joseph was and, and the, the Bible says in Matthew 1 uh, 19 that Joseph was someone who studied the law in other words he was like a righteous man but also he was someone who um, you know read the old scriptures and texts and would have known about some of the prophecies and things like that so that's why it's really important because in the second half of Matthew 1.19, it says, he did not expose her to public disgrace. He was trying to do the right thing by Mary. And he had in mind to divorce her quietly. In other words, he wasn't going to make a big public spectacle of this, okay? So while he's thinking about this, right, um, it's the, it says in, um, you know, verse uh, t- Matthew one twenty. after he had considered this, okay, um, <laughs> There was actually uh, the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So could you imagine? You know, that night he goes to sleep and he falls asleep and he has a dream. Okay, and this is what the Lord said to him in the dream. The dream, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid because hey, let's face it, when the Lord comes and speaks into our dream, we can. Whoa, whoa, what's going on? What you know? <laughs> and um, and so he says, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit it didn't come from a man and she will give birth to a son and you Joseph are to give him the name Jesus and this is why and this is probably one of the most critical things I'm going to say all morning because he, Jesus will save his people from their sins now Joseph would have had that dream and just been like mind-boggling right because this is so significant probably joseph started to remember some of those old prophetic words and some of those you know the the um situation in which his people had gone through and, and and the current state of the world and he might have realized at this point that part of his story is to actually make way for jesus because Jesus came to save people from their sins and so amongst all kind of like the difficult times we have in our life sometimes we start to reprioritize what's important right and so some of us who are older and have grown up for a while realize that kind of like sin has a consequence okay when we actually do something which is wrong to other people, or we do something which is evil, okay, then that actually creates like a a separation from God. And so because there's this separation from God, there's actually like a price to pay. And, you know, Jesus came to earth to save you, okay? He came to tell and show you the truth. He came to forgive you and pay that price and heal and restore you back, as Anna was talking and singing about this morning, in right standing with God. So Jesus invites you into God's family for eternity. And Jesus reveals that God loves you. And that's why he sent his son. That's why God sent his son, Jesus, who came to heal our hope. Heal our hope of, of, of someone who was disconnected from God and was carrying this shame and guilt. That is why Jesus and Joseph at the back end of this dream is starting to realize how significant his part is in this whole story. So in that moment, in that dream, Joseph who studied the law would have realized that he was making, he was going to be there to actually you know, make way for his son, Jesus. Okay. So Matthew 22 verse 23, and it says all this the way that Jesus was born, right, through the Holy Spirit. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. So Matthew's realize, Matthew is actually saying that the prophet Isaiah prophesied that all this would happen and the word Emmanuel means God is with us. So what actually is happening is God in heaven is coming to earth in a, like I'm before you now in the flesh in the form of a man and that that is Jesus and so that's why he's got that name he was such a significant part in the history of the world so Joseph had a choice to make okay at some point we'll get to make this choice am I going to trust God or not am I going to take Mary as my wife or am I not going to right? And it would have been a radical thing. Uh, 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 It would have been, a you know, uh, a significant decision to make. And so the thing is, you know, in Matthew 24, 25, it says, when Joseph wake up, in other words, he didn't think about it for a week. He didn't ponder on it and weigh up the pros and cons. When Joseph wake up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. She gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So Joseph chose to trust the Lord and chose to trust the Lord quickly, right? So in Luke 2, 1 to 5... Um, We're just going to step out of Matthew for a second um, just to um, understand where things are at. Actually, there was a census which was called by Caesar Augustus, okay? A census is kind of like where you're counting how many people live in what cities and all those kind of things. And so the Romans required them to travel to their ancestral home. And so Joseph, with his ancestral line, which it talked about at the start of Matthew when it went through all those 14 generations, was actually from the city of David, or Bethlehem, okay? um so nazareth is where the, nazareth is where they're living at the time and um, you know in um, about 5 bc kind of like just before the birth of christ and there, there's a map uh, up to my left or your right or whichever way it is <laughs> um they actually had to kind of like make this um this journey for this census so um the lord's the lord says in micah 5 verse 2 the lord says bethlehem you might not be important town in the nation of Judah, but out of you will come the ruler over Israel for me. So that prophetic word from Micah was actually calling out Bethlehem as the place, right, where Jesus would actually rule over Israel, okay? And so his family, and and the second half of that um, scripture in Micah says, his family line goes back to the early years of your nation. It goes all the way back to the days of long ago, which is in Micah 5, verse 2. So Joseph would have known about this prophetic word as well. And so this is all kind of like coming together, right? There's a, a census, and you've got to go back to your hometown, but also there's a prophetic word. Okay? So that trip from Nazareth travelled, it would have taken them 80 miles or about 129 kilometres. And you think about that for a moment. Back then, there weren't any planes, trains or automobiles, okay? This was 129 kilometres with a half-pregnant woman on a donkey and Joseph walked. <laughs> so this was a significant journey, okay? So then um, after, in Matthew 2, verse 1 to do, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem on Judea during the time of King Herod, the Magi, or the wise men, were from the east, came to Jerusalem, and they asked, this is what the wise men asked, "Uh, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? Um, We saw a star, and we've come to worship him. Now, you know, that's, absolutely gotten under the skin of king this the the skin of king herod right and it says that you know when he heard this he was disturbed and the reason he was disturbed was because he might lose power now remember i talked about how the world that he was born into when you're in power use that to leverage other people and in fact king herod was a shocker because when he got in a bad mood people died okay so he called together all the people's priests and teachers of the law so so imagine kind of like Rome's over there right and he's been placed in Israel okay and 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 he's been and placed there and he's actually kind of like gathered all of Israel's I guess you could say religious priests and law keepers, right? And he's actually kind of like gathered them all together in a big meeting. And he's asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? And the reason he asked this is because he had an intent of not letting Jesus be someone who rules, because he wants to rule. That's Herod, right? Herod the Great. So this is like the power play that's there. And so what actually happened between Matthew 4 to 12 is that Herod tried to trick the wise men, And um, they told him he was in Jerusalem. And he actually said, oh, you know, once you're done, um, you know, and you find him, come back and let me know where he is. Um, But God warned them in a dream. God warned the wise men in a dream uh, not to tell Herod. And after giving gifts and worshipping Jesus, they returned to the country of where they came from. So in uh, Matthew 2.13, it says, And when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Another dream for Joseph, okay? So Matthew 2.13, this is um, an angel kind of like warning Joseph. And it says, get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. So the angel of the Lord is forewarning Joseph and Mary to, you know, protect baby Jesus and go to Egypt. And so that was really significant because, again, guess what? Joseph is um, placed with this kind of like choice: do I trust God or not? We've only kind of like just settled, you know, approximately Jesus was four years old at the time. We've only kind of like just settled in, you know, in Jerusalem Bethlehem area right? So it's like, what, what, what's going to happen? You know, this is a dream, right? Like how many of you guys have made a strategic life decision to move to another country because of a dream? It's, 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 a, it's a difficult thing, right? So anyway, Joseph has actually learned that it's not all about him at this stage. So he's learned to trust God, even when if it's difficult, or even when it doesn't seem fair. So what did Joseph do, Matthew 2, 14 to 15? He got up, He took the child and his mother during the night. So he actually received this dream during the night. Hey, wake up, kids. Wake up, Mary. Get up. Guess what? We're going to Egypt, (laughs) right? And where he stayed there until the death of Herod. And so it was fulfilled. Another prophetic thing which was fulfilled was that um, the Lord had showed the prophet Hosea that out of Egypt I'll call my son. So he knew that actually his son was going to be in Egypt. So not only does Joseph know the backstory of these prophetic words, but the angel of the Lord's telling him in the dream, right? So Herod realises that he's been tricked at this stage by the Magi or the wise men because you know they didn't come back. So he's actually got to that point where he actually says a, a, a law or a rule, anyone under two years old in this area is gonna be put to death. So every single boy, it was a tragedy, every single boy in the area of Bethlehem Jerusalem and the surrounding areas was put to death who was under two years old. And but, but obviously, you know, Mary and Jesus and Joseph have moved to Egypt. And so on that map, it's kind of like out of the map, it's down the way. But that was at least 40 miles or 65 kilometers. So another significant trip and journey. So Matthew 2.19, after Herod the Great died, an angel of the Lord appeared. It's like, oh, another dream again, again to Joseph right so uh, you know uh, he appears to Joseph and he says get up wake up again (laughs) take the child and his mother and go up to the land of Israel for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead and Joseph must be thinking at this stage every time I fall asleep (laughs) we need to move house (laughs) so for the third time Joseph has a choice right return to Israel or not but by now Joseph knew that Jesus came to earth to heal, to restore our hope. So he chose to trust God. And because, you know, that um, is something which he started to build a life habit of. So the third trip is from Egypt to Nazareth. And Matthew 2.21 says, So he got up again in the middle of the night, took the child and mother and went to the land of Israel. The trip would have been at least 106 miles or 170 kilometers on foot. You know, are we going to enroll Jesus in new schools? You know, (laughs) All of those type of questions and thoughts. I mean, we go on holidays in this modern world and it's like, oh, are we going to get a meal on the plane? (laughs) You know, do I need extra baggage? They would have only been able to carry very little on a trip like that. So, you know, it's just an amazing story. And in Joseph's obedience, he's fulfilled that prophecy uh, in Hosea 11.1 where it says, When Israel was a child, I loved him and out of Egypt I called my son. So he's being called out of Egypt. And so, you know, God spoke to Jesus. Uh, sorry, God spoke to Joseph in dreams. And I'm Sam and Sandra and Anna, if you guys want to kind of like come up, that'd be great. We're going to sing a song soon. So God spoke to Joseph in um, dreams. And my question to you, if, whether you're here in the room or online today, is how does God speak to you? Is it by dreams Is it by a vision or a picture or an impression? Does he speak to you audibly or through your mind? Maybe a discerning of a heart? And whichever way it is that God speaks to you, when he speaks to you, do you trust him? Okay? Because, you know, maybe this year you've come to find what Joseph found. It's kind of like not all about me. It's about Jesus. And maybe this year you'll choose to accept Jesus for the reason that he came, to restore hope by taking away sin and shame. Jesus came to forgive, to atone our sins and to reconnect us with Father God and restore peace in our hearts. So the invitation to you this Christmas, the thing which I believe God is speaking to you today, is asking you to trust him with your heart. Choosing to believe in Jesus and place him in charge of your life. The Christmas invitation is to follow Jesus, is to trust Jesus. And so the good news is God loves you and wants to forgive you and enable you to see the truth to set you free. You know, he comes to set free the oppressed. If you've felt downtrodden, bruised or crushed by tragedy, that's what that oppressed means. Maybe that's been your story for 2020. Maybe you've needed to have some healing hope. Well, I would say God wants to heal your hope and he wants to heal your hope by saving you. That's why he came. He wants to heal your hope by connecting you in relationship with him, the father in heaven. And so will you accept this invitation today? If you will, and everyone in the room, could you please repeat after me and we're going to pray together. So Father God. Father God. Thank you for sending Jesus to this world. Thank you for sending Jesus to this world. I believe that Jesus came, I believe that Jesus came. to save me. To cleanse me from my sins. To to forgive me. To to restore me. To to heal my broken hope. hope. Jesus, Jesus. from this day forward, forward, I declare you to be my Lord and Saviour. I choose to trust you. I will follow you all the days of my life. Come into my heart. heart. Make me new. new. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Well, that's cool, guys. If you prayed that for the first time online or even in the room here, maybe you prayed it for another time and kind of like resealed the deal. That is so special. We want to know about that. So you can connect with us on our Manningham website. Um, But yeah, I just felt just before um, you guys do a song. Thanks, Sam and Matt. I just felt possibly as well, obviously this series is definitely about healing hope, but it's also, we believe, um, a season in which you could be healed. You could be healed from emotional scars or a physical ailment from sickness or illness. And so in part of all that, part of what Jesus came to do was to actually die on the cross. And part of the amazing benefits of that, it says in the Bible that by his stripes, because he was actually whipped and scorned as part of his um, you know, amazingly crazy death on the cross of that crucifixion. So by his stripes, we are healed. So I'm just going to just pray right now for anyone who, whether you're at home or in the room, if you want to put your hand up, if you just are looking to receive healing, let's pray about that together right now. So Father God, I just pray for every single person, whether the healing needs to be in their soul, their mind, their will, their emotions, whether it needs to be in their physical body. Father God, I just pray right now for an amazing and radical healing because Jesus, that's what you came to do. So right now, we just release the power of God over every person. In Jesus' name.